Hey church family, welcome to church this morning. Pastor Aaron coming to you here. We're so delighted that you are tuning in to connect with our church family on this Sunday morning. And today we are actually celebrating missions. Uh, it's a wonderful opportunity for us. We are part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. And today we get to celebrate some of the things that God is doing all around the world. So in our live services, we actually have a guest missionary who is with us sharing some of those stories and I think encouraging our hearts and, and building us up. But he is a creative access worker, which means that there are certain security risks to us putting him on the live stream or video. So we're not able to do that for you today. And so our staff has actually put together a special service in which you can share in the things that God is doing uh, in a global view of missions. And so we hope and believe that today you're gonna hear some powerful and life-changing stories that's gonna add some fuel to your fire for missions. And if you're like me, uh, you're going to take some great joy in knowing that we are part of a global movement, this thing called the Christian and Missionary Alliance, the work that God is doing all around the world. So you may actually be wondering, where did this missions movement start? How did it actually get going? And what is the range and the scope of this thing? Well, we want to show you a video to start you off today uh, that talks about where we have come from and gives you a really neat history of Alliance missions. So grab your coffee or whatever you're going to do to settle in today. After this video is over, we're going to just listen to a worship song, still our hearts and get ready. And then various elements of this service we trust will be a blessing for you today. So thank you for being with us. Let's get our hearts excited about what God is doing in missions. The year is 1881. This is you, a 30-something pastor of a prominent church in Manhattan. You have five kids, a wife you cherish, and your salary is equivalent to 110,000 in today's dollars. Life is good, but there's an ache in your soul. You are witnessing thousands of immigrants flooding onto New York City's docks every day. About half a million will arrive in the coming year but they aren't being reached with the good news. So you leave your wealthy congregation to go lead a band of self-described poor, few, and weak believers who share your passion to take the gospel to these new neighbors. You also now have no salary. With five kids, this career decision doesn't sit well with your sensible, no-nonsense wife, Maggie, who's incredible, by the way. When our founder, A.B. Simpson, told his wife, Maggie, he was leaving his secure job, she asked, where will all of this lead? 140 some years later, we can celebrate that the question Maggie asked has led to an exponential increase in God's forever family. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Within a few years of quitting his high-powered pastorate, Simpson started a church in New York City named the Gospel Tabernacle. You know Times Square? The church was right here. Simpson launched an illustrated magazine, there were a couple issues of it, and he founded the Missionary Training Institute, or MTI, now called Nyack College, located in the heart of Manhattan. It's beautiful. He also wrote a couple books. Well, a lot of books. And now today, the Alliance ministers throughout the United States in more than 2,000 churches and 38 languages. But what about outside U.S. borders? In 1884, Simpson commissioned the first missionary team from MTI to take the good news to the Congo, 
Over the next 37 years, 30 Alliance missionaries would sacrifice their lives in bringing the gospel to Africa. Yet today, the Alliance churches in the Democratic Republic of Congo minister to more than 1 million believers. And across Africa, there are now more than 2.25 million people worshiping Jesus in Alliance churches. In Latin America, it was a challenge to gain a foothold for the gospel due to ongoing persecution and rampant tropical disease. On a visit to the region, Simpson nearly lost his life to illness, but said the experience helped him understand the dangers our pioneer missionaries faced. There are now more than 379,000 Alliance believers in 20 countries. With pioneering efforts in the Transjordan beginning in 1890, there are now more than 100 Alliance churches across the Middle East. Today, the Alliance is the largest evangelical church in Syria. In the late 1890s, Robert A. Jaffrey left his family fortune to serve in China, French Indochina, and Indonesia. Jaffrey pioneered across the Asia-Pacific region to advance Christ's kingdom. But these efforts weren't met with a warm welcome. In 1900, in China, the Boxer Rebellion resulted in the massacre of 21 Swedish CNMA missionaries and 14 children. Their sacrifices and that of Alliance workers who persevered in ministry in the decades following resulted in the good news reaching the far corners of the continent. Today, there are more than 2.4 million Alliance believers across Asia, with over 1.3 million in Vietnam alone. In North and Central Asia, as of 30 years ago, missionary work was illegal. And when the Alliance entered Mongolia in the early 1990s, there were just three known believers. Recently, the Alliance-related network of churches celebrated its 20th anniversary. 18 additional fellowships are now part of this network. In gospel-resistant Europe, the Alliance is seeing spiritual breakthroughs in Spain, Germany, France, Portugal, Italy, the Netherlands, Bosnia, Kosovo, Montenegro, the UK, Ireland, Poland, and Ukraine. But that's not all. We have teams serving in places so dangerous, we can't name them here. But we can celebrate that one minority people group now has its first church with 20 new believers. Now, let's go back to Maggie. Where will all of this lead? She asked. Was it worth it? Did it matter? I think you can answer that question yourself.
So all of Jesus for all the world, that is what we're excited about and that's what we're celebrating today on this Missions Emphasis Sunday. Uh, If you've been around our church family for any amount of time, you probably know that the way we send our missionaries is through the Great Commission Fund. That's the collective giving of of church people like you and me who say, I want to support the global work of missions uh, with the Christian and Missionary Alliance. All of those monies are pooled together for the sending then of over 720 missionaries who go all around the world. What you might not know is that the missionaries that the CMA sends out, actually 80% of them live in the areas of the world where the gospel access is the least or the most needed. And so it makes me feel good when we're giving to the Great Commission Fund, we know that we are specifically targeting the areas of the world where gospel access is lacking. We wanna see the gospel, all of Jesus for all the world. And so we want to see the gospel move forward. I want to introduce to you now uh, a video from Tim Meyer. He's one of our national office workers, uh, the VP of development, and he's going to talk to us about Great Commission Day. And that is an opportunity for us to just fuel our fire toward giving to the Great Commission Fund. And then after that, I want you to see the story of a life that was changed in a video clip called From Curses to Blessings. So let's go ahead and watch those videos together. Great Commission Day is an opportunity between April 1 and June 30th for churches to specially focus again on international missions, to respond in prayer and to give financially so that the 700 workers around the world in the Alliance can remain present in their places. The theme of GC Day 2022 is be present. It's an invitation to be present to what God is doing in our midst but it's also a reminder that the best way to carry the gospel around the world is to be present. Our workers have to be physically in places to communicate the gospel. It's why, for example, we're able to get aid to folks suffering in Ukraine through comma because people have been present in that country and national leaders have been raised up to receive that kind of aid. And we have situations like that all over the globe where our workers may be, in a literal sense, the only gospel presence that people may encounter. So this year, as we celebrate GC Day, let's remember to pray for workers who need to be present and to give generously and sacrificially so that we can be present with them, living the call together. Thanks for your partnership in the kingdom. It means so much. Living without your parents, without your mom or your dad is always uh, like a tribulation in African societies. My mom thought I was cursed because I have a big wound in, on, on my foot. So that's why she took me away from the village to go and live with my uncle. It was not easy. That made me very angry and sometimes also sad. I believe in God, I know there is a God, but I don't know him. One day I was sitting outside, I see a big car coming toward me, there were strangers in that town, so they were looking for their friends. They asked me for help, so I said yes. 
we found uh, the family who names the cool girls. The cool girls, they treat me well, they care about my food, give me shoes, give me some clothes to clothe myself. So that I say, ah, these are my really, the really parents. I was curious why they are in the town. They suddenly say, we are here to serve God, to show the love of God to people. And they started sharing me like there are someone who is alive, who is taking care of you, who, who, who is thinking about you all the time. So I said, who is that person? And they said they call him Isa al-Masih into the Quran. They give me a Bible that day, read it by yourself. So anytime I was reading the Bible, I read about forgiveness, you know, and loving your brother. But I didn't have all those things because I hated my, my uncle. I hated everyone. I hated even my father. I said he betrayed me. He, he left me alone in this earth. So I was not happy. But from the Bible, I was seeing things that I love and I was receiving them. So the Bible become like a treasure for me. I start to realize who Christ is. My heart started to change. So for my foot, I kept praying. I kept praying to God to help me to, to heal my foot. No answer for several years. And then one day, an American doctor come and said, I can help you to find a doctor who is in Ghana. So and then he gave us a doctor contact and everything. We, we keep contacting the doctor. He said, yes, I can do it. 5,000 US dollars. I had good relation with the, the CMA. They all put those in the prayer. In few weeks, the money is here for the surgery. And then here I got my surgery. So I see my foot goes straight. I say, yes. And I started yelling into the hospital. I said, I need to get baptized. So we celebrate in front of all the people, everyone. God is mighty. I can feel the joy until today <laughs> because my foot is healed and everywhere I go, I know God is with me. That God said, I'm with you. That is true. He's always with me. God sent me to a youth center. It's more than, you know, English center. It's like establishing the kingdom of God there. It's a blessing job. It's a blessing job. And I see the blessing of God upon me. He's using me. The same way people show me the love, I wanted to apply that in my life. Now I'm, I'm set free because they helped me until I see Jesus Christ. When I was a boy, I believed that I was cursed. But now, you know, it was not a curse. It was just a plan of God for me to help many people in my life. Well, I love to hear the stories of changed lives. And uh, if you're like me, I know that's one of the things that really resonates on a Sunday like this is to know that there's this beautiful intersection of lives. There's people who are willing to be sent out 
Uh, there's people like you who are generously giving and praying and helping those workers to be sent. But then there's also the individuals who are, are stepping out of darkness and into light. The ministry of the kingdom is actually bearing fruit. And uh, that's what gets us really the most excited about being able to celebrate missions on a day like today. So I, I just want to share with you a, a very brief challenge from John chapter 20. Um, this is right after the resurrection of Jesus, and there's kind of this like un, uh, very unsure base of people who are not really sure as disciples, you know, what's going to happen next. And then Jesus miraculously appears to them, and he places a call on their life. And that call resonates and ripples down through the generations all the way to us now who call ourselves his disciples and gives us the opportunity to receive that. Uh, so John chapter 20 reads this way, verse 19 and following. Uh, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. And he said, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. These are the words of Christ to his followers. And today, I just want to give you a very brief challenge to ask you to consider, especially in this season, what does it mean to receive that calling to be sent? What are the things that we can do to actually further the kingdom work of Jesus in our world today? Uh, some of the very obvious things that come to mind, and we've already kind of addressed somewhat in the service, is, is our giving. How do we give? How do we pray? And then how do we embrace that calling for ourselves. So in, in giving, you know, I don't know if you realize this, but last year, uh, our church family gave $108,828 to the Great Commission Fund. And I share the very specific number because every one of those dollars is a kingdom advancing dollar. And so whether you were able to give one of those dollars or hundreds of them, we don't know the size of your giving, but our collective giving as a church was really very strong. What you may not realize is that in addition to that, our total missions giving, all of our outward focused ministries, like our Deacons Fund or our Hope Initiatives, actually exceeded $264,000, which is just simply amazing. And I share that with you today because it's always good to be able to stand in the place of saying, if you haven't been part of this good work that's already happening, we want to encourage you to get on board with it. This is a generous church. You are a generous people. You are living that out on a daily basis. And so we want to simply say, in this season of giving and thinking about Great Commission Fund giving, if you have never given to the Great Commission Fund, be a first-time giver. That would, that would overjoy my heart to know that we've got 50, 60 new first-time givers in our church family to the Great Commission Fund. So sit down even today with your family and say, hey, this may be part of our giving strategy that we want to think about. Be a first-time giver. If you have given to the Great Commission Fund before, 
Uh, but you've never been a regular giver. It's not part of your regular or monthly giving, whatever uh, routine you use in giving. We would encourage you to become a regular giver. This is great commission fund giving. That's something that our family does every month, that we include that in the part of our uh, giving strategy because we want to be kingdom builders. If you're, if you're not a regular giver to the Great Commission Fund, maybe that's your step in to say, you know what, I'm going to give a regular gift, even if it's small. But every month we're going to be regular givers to the Great Commission Fund. Uh, so giving is such an important thing. Prayer is such an important thing. We're a church that believes that nothing of spiritual importance happens apart from prayer. And yet I find that praying for missions can feel sort of daunting, right? Because it's so big. There's just so many needs. 720 workers in our denomination alone. Uh, that can be really hard to get your mind around. Where do you begin praying? Uh, so I, I've got a resource that I want to share with you. This is actually uh, praying for, for district missionaries, missionaries that have come out of our eastern Pennsylvania district in the Christian and Missionary Alliance. We have this at the church that's available for pickup, and we would encourage you to say, hey, I'm going to start there by being a part of uh, the prayer movement to really fuel the work that God is doing through missions. So again, maybe you become a first-time prayer. We value that. Say, you know, I've never prayed for a missionary before. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick this up and I'm going to find one. I'm going to pray for them. Maybe you become a regular or monthly prayer or, or weekly prayer or daily prayer. We want to encourage you to become a regular prayer for missions. And we believe that God will honor those offerings in beautiful ways. But then as I read Jesus' commission and I, as I read Jesus' challenge to his disciples, the thing that strikes me is, we're all called to be a part of his mission. You know, this, this notion of, of going, that you too are sent, not just to, to give money so that somebody else can go, but that you too are sent. Our prayer is that every person who calls State College Alliance Church their home will be able to say, God has gifted me to be on mission for him. I can be a part of Christ's mission. We have our hope initiatives, out of the cold that's happening, finishing up soon. You know, all of these things are, are places where you can dig in and you're all, many of you already doing it. Such a beautiful, beautiful way to see your gifts being used on mission for Christ right here. So maybe pray about that. See, see what the Lord would have for you as you ask him, Lord, what would you call me to do as I take up my mission? So let me wrap up this challenge for you. We talked about Great Commission Day and Great Commission Day giving. The way that we're going to handle that is specifically to say, through the month of April, would you evaluate your missions giving? First-time givers, regular givers, etc. Maybe you've been a giver for a long time and you just say, this is a great season for me to, to give a little bit more. At the end of April and as we get into May, we'll report back to you on how we're doing on that front. But we believe the answer is going to be good. Prayers, pick up your, your prayer guide so that you can say, my community group, my family, or just me as an individual, we're going to be praying for missions. And then ask the Lord to show you where he would have you be engaged with missions as well. So let's pray together and ask him. Jesus, we are thankful that you are building and equipping your church. And we hear your voice to us through the generations and across the years saying, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. So Lord, would we hear your still small voice today, putting very specific details in the ways that you have called us to be on mission and to be sent with you. 
We are so grateful, Jesus, for your finished work that propels us into the work of missions that you have called us to. We love you, and we pray this in your precious name. Amen.